Welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. I'm going solo today with a topic uh, that inspired me this week, Alexander the Great, and what we can learn about his leadership in business today. I was listening to a conversation with a couple of YouTubers discussing the Greek historian Arian's biography of Alexander. I should probably start with a disclaimer here. Um, I believe that to a large extent, we shape our world by the metaphors that we choose to embrace. If we view our companies as armies doing battles with victors and vanquished, then then that's the world uh, we'll create. If we view our companies as as benevolent beings seeking to improve the lives of all things on the planet, then then that's the world we create. All that said, I do think there's a lot we can learn from the great warlord Alexander. Uh, so, for those of you unfamiliar with the story, Alexander was born in. 356 BC and lived to 323 BC. He was born to Philip II, king of Macedon. His father's kingdom was in the region corresponding to today's northern Greece, Macedonia, and a a small part of Bulgaria. Alexander uh, assumed his father's throne at age 20, or already an experienced general. His campaigning across the region led him to expand his empire to Egypt to his south and over to uh, the west, uh, to what is now Turkey and Iran, over as far uh, at the end of his reign at at modern India. And he created one of the largest empires in the ancient world. Um, That's Alexander. (laughs) So, uh, of course, a tyrant towards the end of his reign. There's a lot that can be said about the dark side of Alexander. Um, but nonetheless, you know, a brilliant man in in many ways. And there are a few few stories I'd like to share, or at least a few aspects of how he how he led. So the first was how Alexander would organise for battle. Uh, Alexander didn't create uh, fixed positions for his generals, and, uh, and as I understand it from from this conversation I was listening to, the generals would assemble outside of his tent during preparations for battle, and Alexander would choose the generals best suited for for a particular mission or part of the campaign. I found myself reflecting on how often you'd, I found myself in a position where the boss that you have doesn't really feel like the best fit for the job. Maybe they were the best fit six months ago or a year ago, uh, but not now. Um, so I, I suppose the weakness of Alexander's system was his fallib- fallibility as an individual leader doing the picking of the generals. But the idea for allowing some emergence in, in who should lead the battle makes a lot of sense, as opposed to the situation we're often in in large businesses where the same person can occupy the, the, same, per- the same position for years. The second important point about Alexander is that the philosopher Aristotle tutored him as a boy. So imagine that, having one of the most important philosophers in history as your childhood tutor. One of the things that Aristotle imparted on Alexander was was the need to to study what, what is before taking action. Alexander was an adept strategist undefeated in battle. If he appeared trapped in a mountain past or outnumbered he was very skilled at tuning in to the reality of his circumstances before he formulated his strategy and it reminded me of the method espoused by Glenda Oyang she's the founder of human systems dynamics guest number 49 on being human if you'd like to check out that episode but she talks about three questions in, in the method that she has what is, so what, then what? So tuning in to my current context, making sense 
of my environment and then choosing the action to take. And I know that sounds very simple, but certainly for me, I can often find myself in a position where I either rush in or I go with some template for how I think I should act without taking that time to really tune into reality and make sense of, of what it is I'm experiencing and seeing. We might even call Alexander's approach an early version of data-driven decision-making. Reminds me of another guest, Dave Snowden, episode 11, who talks about the, the, the example of sense-making in mechanical engineers and how sometimes they can literally smell that a machine might have a problem. And again, illustrating that it's important to capitalize on all forms of sense data before we, we take action. Third aspect that I wanted to pick up on was the nature of the Macedonian culture at the time. Relatively speaking, at least for the early part of his reign, uh, they, there was openness in the camps. They might have believed that he was descended from gods, but unlike when he became, for example, Pharaoh in Egypt, his Macedonian men didn't believe he deputized for the gods and they certainly didn't prostrate themselves before him like his Egyptian subjects and, and this cut both both ways Alexander would fraternize with his men he was also highly engaged on the front line in fact there's an awesome story in in 326 close to the end of his reign about the siege of a city of the people of, of Malia powerful Indian tribe of the Indus River Valley so uh, this is when he was getting yeah, close to the extent uh, of his empire that he ultimately formed. Um, his men had built a ladder to, to scale a wall of the city. Uh, and at a certain point, the men saw that Alexander was on, on top of this wall with three other men. But as the men climbed to join him on this wall in, in horror, seeing the, their leader exposed in this way, the ladder broke. Uh, and the men were then horrified to see that instead of waiting for reinforcement, he, he dived down. Uh, into the city behind the wall and this is in fact when he gets one of his most serious in injuries in the in the fighting there but ultimately survives but this idea of the leader being close to the front line being able to sense what's happening is important it, re it reminds me of the the gemba walk in lean the, the idea that a leader should physically uh, go to the place and gemba means the, the actual place i think in in japanese so the leader goes to the place where the work is being done and it seems to me that Alexander personifies that in his, his leadership. So that, in summary, are, are the three lessons that I took away from the story of Alexander. Number one, uh, avoid fixed organizational structures. Uh, allow them to emerge organically uh, based on the best fit of leader to situation for, for the circumstance you, you find yourself in. Number two, in, invest in sensing before acting. And as I say this, I'm telling my, my, myself this. Um, and lastly, engage the, with the front line as, as leaders. <laughs> Do the Gemba walk, get out there, spend time amongst those who are, who are closest to the action uh, and avoid uh, the deferential hierarchies that exist in so many organizations that prevent information and insight flowing to to the top of the organization easy to say i, I get harder 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 of course to implement in practice but yeah some some really powerful lessons i thought
So that's it, uh, my, my quick take on what we can learn from Alexander the Great. Uh, in the next episode, we're back with a, a guest, again with a military theme, uh, this time a living uh, ex-bomb disposal officer uh, and writer on leadership, Ben Sawyer. Uh, that's next week. I can't wait for that. Uh, but for me, for now, uh, this has been a, a short Being Human. I uh, hope, hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.